Hey everybody and welcome to The Void, a show dedicated to filling the void between being an employee and becoming self-employed. Most people refer to starting your own company as taking the leap, as if they're blindly jumping off of a cliff and into the unknown. This show is to help you understand that it doesn't have to be that way. I'll share with you the process I used for starting my company, and you too can soon be on the way to starting your very own service-based business. We'll work through some of the common issues that are preventing you from starting your own company and fulfilling your own true potential. As always, if you like what you're hearing on the show, please do us a favor and help share the void with someone who might also be wanting to start their own company. We saw an opportunity to help others understand that self-employment is most assuredly within your reach. Just as our businesses have grown organically and by word of mouth, we want this show to do the same thing. It takes two things for that to happen. We have to deliver you guys some great content, and you guys have to help share our valuable message. We know that many of you are on different social media platforms out there for your various trades and skills and crafts. Uh, Facebook groups, for instance, are begging for this kind of information virtually every day. So if you see somebody asking questions on social media about what they should do to start their company, do us a favor and drop a link to the show. I'm your host, Mitch Smedley, and with me as always is David. Mitch, good morning. Good morning, good morning. You know, normally we do these in the afternoon and evenings. Yes. We're, we're, we're morning working today. We're morning working. I'm on the struggle bus. Sometimes we have cocktails. This morning we have <clears> coffee. <throat> <clears throat> so we I have are a cocktail, but it's not alcohol, right? But, you know, it's it's a morning drink. But yeah, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And mm-hmm. uh, we've got our producer back here, Marcus. Hey, how's it going? How's it going? How are you doing, Marcus? I'm doing. He good, just yeah. woke up. Yeah, two yeah, seconds like ago. Literally just he was he, sleeping on a futon. In the I don't know if Marcus ever <sighs> sleeps. He'll, you think he's a night guy? He goes like midnight to seven a.m. and then sleeps a little bit and then comes in later. I'm trying to get the brunch, guys. I get. <laughs> got to get that brunch. <laughs> I get emails from him at like three in the morning. Oh, so like I don't think he ever. He's sleeps. one of those guys. He's like the bionic yeah. man. Something's wrong with him. Yeah, it helps that he's young. Yeah, you know Th- that helps. Like at nine thirty, my clock's like, yeah. hey, dumbass. Ten years ago, I might have been able to do some three a.m. stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah. okay, I'll give you ten. Yeah, I'll give you twelve. 10. I'll give you ten. Oh man. Ugh. All right. Um, this show is based off of six core adversities that you're going to need to overcome in order to be successful with your business venture. Um, we're always going to kind of go over these six core adversities at the beginning of every show. So Dave, why don't you share with them what those six core adversities are? The preparation adversities, the first three adversities, uh, one personal finance (coughs) preparation. That was episode one and two. Yep. Go back. If you're just now jumping in. Uh, number two, business finance prep. Uh, that was just one episode, episode three, a lot of great stuff in there. Yep. Um, and now we're on systems preparation, which is the third, uh, preparation step. Mm -hmm. The first, the third preparation adversity. And and we are on the second episode of that. Yeah. So we're on episode five because there's so much stuff in that. Yeah. And then after that, we'll be getting into the the beginning adversities after you've done all your prep and you're ready to go, then we're going to jump into those. And that's all go over them just real quick. Community involvement work. Mm-hmm. Number five, six, wake up, do the work, repeat. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, that was five, not six. And six is evaluate performance, make adjustments and improve. Yep. So, so basically those core adversities are divided up into two groups. You have your preparation adversities and then you have your beginning adversities. And we want you to work on those two groups of adversities separately from each other. 
Uh, and the reason why is if you're trying to work on beginning adversities before you've done all the preparation work, you're going to fail. So get all the preparation work done, start your business, and then be mindful of the adversities that you're going to need to face very early on in your business. And if you face those and overcome those early on and you know what they are, you're, you're on a good path for success. Yeah. And today we're, you know, we just said we're on the third. Well, that's systems prep. Well, that's not really a breakdown because we're on the second one of systems prep and that's going to be QuickBooks, banking, accounting, behaving like a customer. Right. And Mitch is going to start reading those off here. Yeah. We're going to jump right into it today. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to jump right in. So today's, today's episode is going to be over QuickBooks and banking. They kind of go hand in hand. Um, and then it's going to, we're going to cover some accounting and then we're also going to talk about how to behave like the customer you want for your business. So first up on the docket today is QuickBooks and bookkeeping. Um, I say QuickBooks, this could really apply to anything. There's a bunch of different bookkeeping softwares out there. Yeah, you don't have to be in QuickBooks. No, no. Um, I say QuickBooks because we use QuickBooks online. So it's just yeah. the only word that comes to mind for yeah. me. I used Peachtree so, Accounting. Right. Always you, did. I got, mean, and it's a lot harder to use than QuickBooks. QuickBooks is more uh, beginner user friendly. Yeah. Um, but I just had access to a free copy. Yep. You know, so when I was outlining you know, how much money am I going to spend? I was like, oh, well, you know, I could save some serious money right here. Right. So I'll just learn to use that. Yeah. But, you know, and there could be other ones that, that people use too. Yeah. And, There's a and lot of free ones out there now. With the benefits of modern technology today and everything being cloud-based, a lot of this stuff has gotten cheaper over the years. Oh, a lot cheaper than it used to be. So accounting software used to be really expensive. And right now I'm paying 35 bucks a month for my bookkeeping yeah. software. It's so super it's, cheap. It's not bad. Um, and it's reliable at that price. Yeah. Yeah. Very reliable. So, uh, QuickBooks or any other accounting software is a vital piece to the new business puzzle. Without a smooth operating bookkeeping system, your business will fail. Uh, QuickBooks is one of the most popular bookkeeping systems out there, uh, and your, your accountant will appreciate you using QuickBooks or anything similar. <clears throat> your CRM, as we talked about in the last episode, the software that, that manages all of your scheduling and all of your invoices and everything else, your CRM should be exporting to your accounting software. Uh, they should talk to each other. Um, all of the great ones do. So if yours that you're looking at doesn't, then immediately move to a different Go one. Go to something else. Yeah. It's a huge time saver, problem saver. I mean, it just, when that stuff works flawlessly together, it, it just makes a huge difference. It makes your personal life a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. So your workflow, once you're up and running, your workflow is going to go something like this. Your phone rings and you book a call or book a client into your CRM system, your customer relationship management system. Um, then you're going to run that call or perform that repair or, or take care of that customer, whatever your business is. For me, I was running service calls, but you might be cutting that person's hair or, or mowing their lawn or whatever. You're going to perform the task that they scheduled you to do. Uh, and when you do that, you're going to generate revenue, right? You're not doing this for free. They're going to pay you. Uh, now you've just created a taxable event. You've brought in money. Your CRM uh, will export that financial piece of information to QuickBooks. Now QuickBooks, guided by a good bookkeeper, will take that information and put it into what will eventually become clear financials for your accountant to file for your taxes. And bookkeeper, you know, people think bookkeeper and accountant are the same no. those are compl two completely different things yeah bookkeeper works for you 
they're they're organizing all of those things yeah and then getting them to the accountant yeah so a, a bookkeeper kind of organizes everything for the accountant and um, your accountant is specifically working between you and the IRS to make clear um, uh, clear and concise accounting principles so that you're paying the right amount of taxes you're not overpaying yes. but you're not underpaying and you're not gonna like you know, get your ass handed to you in an audit. Yeah, and so if you're doing your bookkeeping and you're nervous about it, don't be. Because your accountant is the filter Yeah, before it gets to the IRS. And he's going to straight, he or she is going to straighten you out. Yeah. You know, and, and it doesn't take long, so don't be afraid. You know, it doesn't take long to to kind of get your feet underneath you yeah, yeah, as yeah. you're going. So like with QuickBooks, I don't know about the others because all of my experience is with QuickBooks. With QuickBooks, every time we do any kind of a transaction, um we can code that transaction to put it into yeah. whatever bucket a it GL needs to go code. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Peachtree's the same. Let's say it's a new code or a new transaction that we've never done before, and we don't really know what to call this thing, right? Well, we can code it. Ask your accountant. And my accountant also has access to my QuickBooks. Yeah. And so he can see all those, and then he'll call us up and he'll say, oh yeah, when you come across this again, it just needs to go here or yeah. it needs to go here. So yeah. your accountant will help you, a good accountant will help you with your QuickBooks. And he has his own system. Yeah. Okay. And so he has certain things that he likes to see. Yeah. And so that's why you work so closely with them. Right. And then, and you do kind of what he says on those things. Cause when he sees it, it's just boom. Yeah. I know where that's at. I know where that's going down the road we go. And that saves, you know, depending on how they're billing you, that can save you money. Yeah, yeah. So um, um, we're, we're going to get into accounting here in, in, in a little bit. We're going to stay on the bookkeeping side of things yeah. for now. So, um, but, you know, you say that all of these things work, interflow between each other. Yeah, and that's why they're all in the same episode exactly. because they do bounce off of each other greatly. So yes. um, QuickBooks is incredibly easy to use, and it's something that you can do yourself or if you um, – it, it's something that you can do yourself, especially if you have an accountant – that's willing to help you out early on, they will they will help kind of get you up to speed. Eventually, on a long enough timeline, QuickBooks uh, can almost become somewhat automatic. Um, for instance, um, especially every, if you're not branching out into other things and yeah. you're staying in your lane, yeah, yeah, it yeah. will almost automatically do it for you. So, like uh, every time you make a purchase, that has to get coded in QuickBooks. Every time you spend any kind of money that has to get coded in QuickBooks. Every time you bring in revenue, that has to get coded yes. in QuickBooks. And you have to file it away as to what was this purchase. Was it material? Was it labor? Was it a contractor? Was it taxes? Was it vehicle interest? Was it vehicle principal on a loan? Was it client and customer meals? Yeah. You took somebody, a big customer out for dinner? Right, and, right. And you have all of those things. The reason they have to be coded differently is because they have different tax implications. Yeah. So yeah. that's why there are those groups. Yeah. And then he knows, I'm going to take this one, and I'm going to put it over here in this, and I'm going to take this. And this and and all those intercross and get you into different tax liabilities. Yeah. So like at the date we're filming this show, um, meals and entertainment, uh, meals are deductible at fifty percent. Entertainment is not deductible at all. No. But when the, I first started, it was. Yeah. So yeah. you could take them. And when I say entertainment, you could take them to like for your Christmas party this year. You took all the guys to the uh, Trans Siberian yeah. Orchestra concert. So you used to be able to. That was part of a tax deduction. Yeah. 
but then, but at this time, it's not. Right, right. Now, the business can still pay for it. It just yeah, does not course. lower your tax liability. No. You're so, paying taxes on the money you spent to do that. Yeah, and so that hits a certain line in your QuickBooks to say, this is entertainment, and so that way it separates that out, and it's not a tax liability. Yeah, and we're not trying to bore you here, but it's important. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, if this seems a little too daunting for you, bookkeepers are not that expensive, and they're worth their weight in gold. So don't... Don't be hesitant at all if you need to hire a bookkeeper. A um, good one. Yeah, a, a good, good one. one. Don't hire your buddy. Vet them out really well. Yeah, I can do it. Yeah. Come on. Um, bookkeepers will have access to your QuickBooks, and they'll help you kind of get all of that stuff organized. So um, it just kind of depends on how familiar and how adventurous you are in that area. So um, keep that in mind. When, when I started my business we were spending $250 a month for both my CRM and my QuickBooks. So that 250 was incredibly valuable compared to the stress and strife that comes with trying to do all that stuff manually. I can't imagine trying to keep a manual schedule and trying to keep manual invoices and then prepare all those books and everything manually. That that's just crazy. So to me the 250 was a drop in the bucket. And this is an area where you're going to want to balance uptime versus downtime. Uptime is time where you're making money in your business. Downtime is time where you're working on the business and doing all of the back end stuff that the business has to do to stay legal and has to do to stay above board, but it doesn't make you any money. And so you need to find that balance. And for me, our uptime is incredibly profitable. And our, so our downtime is, is nothing. And so we're losing a lot of profit during the downtime. So for me, it made sense for me to have a high quality CRM, to have a great bookkeeping system, and uh, to have an accountant that was, that was awesome as well. So um, yeah, in layman's terms, it frees you up to do what you do. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and a lot of people, um, I don't include you in this group, but a lot of people want to do, just do the work and they love doing that. Right. And so it, it benefits them. I mean, just just to have, even if you had to have one or two people, for those people to be doing that job frees them up, not just um, time-wise, but mentally yeah. to just go get it. Well, and it frees you up to spend more time with your family. You know, a lot of people start yes, in business and can. then they, they fail early on or they choose to close it up because they, they you know, it was... I was working 40 hours a week and then I was working another 20 or 30 hours a week at night just yeah. doing the books. It's tough. Right? It's tough working eight or 10 hours and then going home and doing four hours of bookkeeping. Right. Right. So, so but it's easy to pay your bookkeeper $500 a month because keep in mind, your bookkeeper is doing books for like, yeah, they can be doing it for a lot of guys, a lot of businesses. Yeah, right? They don't work for you solely. Right. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're a, a contractor. A, they're a 1099 employee. Yeah. Basically yeah. is how that, that so, works. So they're doing your books and they're doing, you know, 20 other companies books. And so you're, you're you, I mean, even if you're paying them 500 bucks a month, yeah, that is 500 bucks a month worth its weight in gold because now you get, you just freed up three or four hours a night to spend time with your family. Yeah. And you're thinking, oh man, they're not doing that. They're not going to work for four hours a day 
uh, five days a week. But guess what? It takes them 30 minutes. Yeah. What, you know it, what? what takes you three or four hours a night takes them 20 minutes. Yeah. They're like, oh, click, 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 click. Yeah. Done. It's the same in, it's the same in my field. I'm a yeah. plumber. I can, go, I can go do a plumbing repair in an hour that would have taken a customer seven or eight hours and 14 yeah. trips to Home and, Depot yeah, to do. Man. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, and they would, still, they would still do it wrong, much like you might in your QuickBooks. Exactly. So exactly. Um, it's, it's worth... If if you're if you're unfamiliar in that territory and you're not willing to embark on that journey, just well, budget and, in a bookkeeper. And let's say the other, let's go the other way. Say you're only doing sixty grand a year, and you like doing that stuff and getting in there. Yeah, don't be afraid to do it. No, no. you know, like we talked about earlier, that accountant is the filter between you. Yeah, if, if you think you can do it and you have the time to do it, yep. do it. But if you don't and it's wearing you thin, pay the bookkeeper. Yeah. I was fortunate enough that my wife, uh, so my wife was not working before I started um, on, on the, and I got to preface this, my wife's a stay-at-home mom. She works harder than I do, okay? We get that out of the out in the open. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but my wife was um, doing all of this uh, uh, for me. So she, my wife has this gift where she can get into any computer system and very quickly understand how it works at yeah. a very high level. And it doesn't matter what the computer system it was. So some people are just good at that. Yeah, that's like her niche. Yeah. Every every job she's ever held, she would very quickly understand how the computer system works. So she very quickly understood how our CRM works. She knows how our CRM works better than I do, because I'm out there doing plumbing. And that's she's, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and she understands how QuickBooks know, works. Know your role. Right. You know. Right. Know your so, role. So um, my wife was able to do all of our bookkeeping <clears throat> for us. So that helped me out a little bit. Um, but, um, for you, it may be different. So, um, next up on the docket is going to be banking. Um, this is, you wouldn't think that there's much to talk about with banking and there's not a ton, but what there is to talk about with it there's is a few important points about it. Yeah. What there is to talk about is very, very important. Um, something so simple can make your business life easier. Um, if you make sure your bank has a few features. So, Make sure your business bank is completely separated from your personal bank. Not just different accounts either. Different banks. Completely different banking institutions. You want complete separation between personal and financial. Okay? Uh, this literally creates a physical separation between your personal finances and your business finances. Even if it's just for um, when you look at the checks, one check's different than the other check. Right, that can help you a lot. I, I've, I've had friends. I'm, I'm just going to name drop U.S. Bank for. I mean, that's that's where we have our personal banking. So, name, name. I'm just going to name drop U.S. Bank. I've had friends that have like their personal and business accounts at U.S. Bank, and they're accidentally using the wrong card yeah. for purchases. They bought groceries and they accidentally used their business card, or they took a client out to lunch and they accidentally used their personal card. Yeah going to ask why yeah. that's a big deal. So, so like I can see the mistake happening. I don't know if it was like a psychological thing now, or something. Here's, listen, here's what's funny. Now listen, we're going to I'm going to just say right now I use the same bank and I always have, but they they are not only are they different accounts, but they're different cards. Yeah. yeah. So like the card comes from a um their commercial side. Right. And and I have a really small bank, so it's it's a lot different than using like a Community America or something like that. And I in the beginning I did screw up just yeah. like you're talking about and then I had to learn okay I need to have discipline with that yeah and so you know now it's two different cards and all and I've never had that happen again but if you're just getting in the business and you're doing a lot of work 
it is it is easier on you yeah. to just have them separated and and it's really easy to screw up too so it, like it, it is re- i'm very detail oriented right. and i did it the first year right so, so like so like for me how i keep all this stuff organized here's my oh money shit, we got money oh what, we, we got, got what do we got we got some money out here a 50 uh, Ooh, baller uh so here's my money <laughs> clip and and what we've got on here is on one side is my personal bank on the other side is my business bank so i keep them completely separated on the other side of that and that way we are, we're, we're separated. So I can, yeah. I can immediately know, okay, my cards look different and, and it keeps all of that separated. So I'm not out there making that mistake. And it's easier to hide uh, a bank account from your wife later. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop that. You didn't have any uh, personal numbers and stuff on that card, no, did you? Good. Nah. We're good. Let them use it. Slow-mo, fr- freeze frame, take that out of there. Yeah, no, we're good. And then send me something. Nothing I'll hold on, up a little thing later with my address on it. Nothing on that. All the numbers are on the backs of cards now. He's trying to make the post editing a little difficult. No, 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 nah. no. We're good. We're good. Well, you got to do something between so, maps. Um, complete separation between personal and business finances is key. Okay. Um, another thing that you're looking for is you want to make sure that you're using a bank that will connect with QuickBooks. So if you're in a tiny small town and you're using you know, Jim's National Bank down on Main Street in your town of 200 people. If Jim's National Bank does not have internet connectivity through their banking and QuickBooks, I'm sorry, Jim, but you're not going to get the banking business. Um, you need your bank to talk to QuickBooks. And so like we use QuickBooks online. At any time, I can log into my bank and it'll tell me what my balances are, or I can log into QuickBooks and it'll tell me what my bank balances are yeah. because they connect to each other. Yeah. And if you, and, and it's easier now than it used to be yeah. because now everything, if you, you can take a picture of a check and send it to your bank account. So don't feel like it has to be right down the road because hopefully you're not going there all the time. Right. You know, and if, and if it's 20 minutes away, it's probably worth it. I shouldn't say it's probably, it's definitely worth it. To have all that stuff work together, and and you just brought up a good point that's not in our not in our notes. Um, make sure your your business bank will do uh, mobile deposits as well. Yeah. So um, because a lot of customers are going to pay you with a check, and and having, you want to make sure that that check goes through. Well, and having uh, having to drive to the bank every day uh, is kind of a pain in the butt. Yeah. So um, you know, once, I, if you could do it once a week, like say you do accept checks. Or maybe maybe she goes on. Say, so you're working on Saturdays too. Maybe she goes, or he goes on Tuesdays and Fridays. Right. You know, two two trips. Two trips. But, but you can hold those checks. Holding a check for three days, that's not a big deal. Holding it for seven, uh, and, you know. And depending on the amount too. Yeah. So when when we yeah, do, if it's when a we five thousand dollar check. Yeah. When know. we do a large job, I'm wanting to get that check in the bank quickly because typically there's a lot of material cost associated with that job. So I'm wanting that money in the bank. Yeah. To pay for that material. And now listen, as you. And we're not telling you exactly what to do, but as you get bigger, you can take on more of those overhead costs mm-hmm. and cushion those for a few days. Yep. So it's not a big, but when you first start out, like you just said, yeah. you know, if you're in week two and you just spent $2,300 on material, it, a septic tank or, right. you know, PVC, I'm just, I'm not a plumber, so I'm right, just, right, right, you know, right. but y- you don't want to have to be holding on to that. You want to be able to get that check in. Right, right. Um, so mobile deposit is key. They're going to have kind of a limit on it. And it's like a rolling limit. Yeah. But, it's a rolling limit. Um, most, all, most of the good banks are. Yeah. Um, we use mobile deposit a lot and that helps a ton. And, and this is kind of funny. So we do our bookkeeping and we are 100% above board. We all know those people that will take 
uh, like if a customer pays in cash, all of a sudden that invoice disappears from their CRM, that invoice disappears from QuickBooks, and the cash goes into the business's pocket, never to be talked about again. It doesn't again. go into the business's pocket. It goes into it the goes owner's into pocket. It goes the owner's pocket. Right. Um, we don't do that, and, and so but much so... When you said above the board, that's what he means by that. He means... You know, this is the line of honesty, ethical, and, and honesty. This is the line of dishonest. under the line of I'm keeping the cash, right? Right. F the rest of you. So, so that's what he means by that. Yeah. And so, what I'm like, I take it so far that if a customer says, "Is there a cash discount?" Mm-hmm. I actually reply with, "We don't have a cash discount, but we've actually thought about charging more for cash because when you pay me with cash, I have to drive to the bank to deposit that." Whereas if you pay me with a card, it goes in the bank automatically. And if you pay me with a check, I can mobile deposit that check. Yeah. So Every, half of it's the people li- listening just went, you jackass. Right, right. It, and it, that's, hey, and listen, we're we we're trying to teach you to be upstanding in your community. Yep. We're not going to tell you you're a bad person if you take cash, okay? Because guys do it. Yeah. All right. We're not we're not downing you one way or the other. So we're just trying to those are our principles here and so we're just we're saying, "Hey, yep. That's what we do. You need to just you keep after it." We uh um it's it's funny. Last week, I was reading a story on Facebook of one, on one of the plumbing groups I'm in, and this guy was griping, like he was trying to get sympathy. This this Facebook group has like thirty thousand members, and he's trying to get sympathy because the IRS just froze all of his bank accounts and seized his life savings, and and he's trying to act like they're out of line for doing it, and it was nothing. More people are above board than not. It was yeah. nothing but comment after comment after comment of. Dude, at the point they're seizing your bank account, you've, you've been doing it a long time, bro. And, and you've been—you didn't take a hundred dollars a week for yeah. two years. You took serious money. They, well, they seized forty thousand dollars. Yeah. So he was, t- he was taking some serious money. Yeah, and and you're never gonna like. We all have that uncle who's been like trying to scam the government and trying to underpay his taxes and all of that stuff. Well, guess what? Sometimes that uncle ends up in prison. Yeah, it, and it just happens. And let's talk about it just for a second because I don't want people to get the wrong idea. I hate the government. I think they're a bunch of greedy losers, and they're <laughs> so, not good. They're not good with the money we give them. Yeah, but there are legal ways to keep money. Yeah, okay. And That's your where your accountant, accountant comes, and in. we're going to talk about that next. Yep. If you have a good accountant, he's going to say, "Hey, you know, if you bought another vehicle here." Right. You know, I think it was last year. It may be now too. Um, you know, that's a hundred percent tax deduction. Right, 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 right. Maybe he's like, Listen, maybe you ought to just do that and keep that money and, and, and then use that vehicle to make more money. Yeah. And so, you know, we're not we're not pro government. We're not pro, hey, everybody pay more taxes than you should. No, no, I'm not encouraging people to go out there. But and you pay have as to do it the legal way can. because it could bite you in the ass down the road. We Hard. run, we run our business so above board that I'm like, it, it sounds silly to say I'm looking forward to an audit because what's going to happen is they're going to audit us and they're going to realize we got nothing. Yeah. And then they're going to be like, we're never auditing them again. That's not how it works. I know. I know. I know Typically guys, when you get one, you yeah. get a bunch of follow-ups later because yeah. they think you, you, they're trying yeah. to catch you. You go from red flag. Right. Even though, and then you prove, then you just go to yellow flag. Yep. You know, and they're like, okay, he's already at this level. They don't drop you all the way down. They yeah, keep yeah, you yeah. right middle of the road. So, but as long as you stay on that track, then every time they come, you can just be like, right. You know, here's, here's the thing though, when it comes to taxes and all of that stuff. Um, a lot of people have this misconception that, oh, when you want to be in business, you want to pay as little taxes as possible. Well, the only way to pay as little taxes as possible is to show as little profit as possible, 
Well, yes. you're never going to grow your business if you're showing as little profit as possible. But there are there are ways to do that where you can use that profit and not pay taxes on that profit to grow your business. And that's why those are there. Yeah. Because they they actually want you to grow your business because then you make more money and then you give them more money. Right. You just have to be spending that money uh, honestly in ways to do that. Right. Right. So that they're not on you. Yeah. So in, in previous episodes, we kind of talked about, um, I call them boomerang businessmen or bus- business women, where they start a business for themselves and then they come back out and they are, you know, a year later, they're like, oh, I had to shut it down. It was too much. I was working 80 hours a week. Or uh, they, they come up with some random excuse on why they had to shut it down. And, and after about five minutes of talking to them, you can learn real quick that they don't really even know why they had to shut it down. And it's usually because they did not have some of these processes in place, but it's also because they are, um, they're, they're too busy trying to scheme and skim all of their taxes and not focused enough on just make some freaking money, make enough money to pay for the taxes. So rather than focus myself on trying to go down my tax bracket by a couple of points, I'm like, let's make a couple extra twenty or thirty grand, and pay for that, and then just pay for it, and then it's then I'm money ahead. And not everybody, and you know, some people, and we've talked about this in the previous episodes. Some people, um, they jump into business, and then they realize, you know what, this wasn't for me, right? And they go back. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's not who he means by boomerang jumping back and forth. That's just you know, sometimes it's not for you. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's not everybody. I'm, but I'm, so as as you're doing this, and you're going to be getting advice from people. Do not take advice from people who have failed at business. I understand there's a lot that we can learn from failure. However, you want to be taking advice from people who are where you want to be. You don't want to be taking advice from people who never made it to where you want to be. Yeah. So you don't want to be taking advice from that guy that was like, yeah, I was working you know, 10 hour days and then four hours of bookkeeping at night. And then the taxes were just crazy and then payroll. And then my, my vendors were just coming after me for money and all like, you need to separate yourself away from that dude hard because he's not helping you out at all. Yeah. And when we say, you know, take advice, you're not necessarily sitting down with them taking advice, but you may just be watching them. Right. You know, and if you watch a guy and he's struggling all the time and you're, Oh, this guy's doing this and you know, he can't do this, you know, maybe just realize, Oh, if I do it, I'm not going to do it that way. Right. That's right, right, taking right. advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's flip over to accounting here. Um, accounting, again, second step of bookkeeping, right? Bookkeeping is is monitoring your books day to day. Accounting is taking those and preparing them into good financials for taxes. You are the master of your craft, okay? Whether it's lawn mowing, haircutting, plumbing, electrical, doesn't matter. You're the master of that craft. Much like your customers leave your mastery and your skill set to you, you need to leave the accounting to the professionals as well. Your accountant is your financial cheerleader. Um, If you keep giving them something to cheer about, they can be one of your biggest motivators. So search for an accountant who specializes in emerging small businesses. Okay, Find one that, that helps get businesses off the ground. There's a big difference between accounting for a small business in its early years versus accounting for bigger business in their later years of existence. I was fortunate enough to experience both within my first three months of business. Um, I started with an accountant who came highly referred from some other small business owner friends, and um, I ended up firing them two months in. Um, 
and, and this, and when I say firing them, there's no necess- not necessarily any hard feelings here. Um, things seemed okay when we opened our doors, but um, when I would ask them questions, it started. I started getting some seemingly dodgy answers and just not real clear uh, responses to when I was asking them questions. I had a goal in mind when we opened our doors. I wanted to pay our startup costs off in three months. Um, as I mentioned in previous episodes, it took me $30,000 to start our company. I wanted to pay that off in three months, and I was willing to pay myself as little as possible as long as I could pay those startup costs off in three months. And you were able to do that because you had done the preparation steps. Right. And you had set aside money for, okay, I may not get a check for three months. Right. You know what I mean? But when you did make the money, you had the money to to get through so you were able to spend the business money on paying those debts. Right, paying the startup costs off. Now, um, so so I wanted to pay those startup costs off in three months, it's $30,000, so that's $10,000 a month that the business the business account needed to grow so that I could be, achieve my goal at the end of three months. Not gross income. No, no, no. But it, need, it the, needed that. The net money yes. in the account at yes. the end of the month, right? So uh, one month in, um, we are, we, our bank account's got an extra 10 grand in it. You're like, yeah, and I'm like, we go, sweet, baby. we're one third of the way there and we're one month in, this is awesome. And so I sent a message to my accountant and, and the messages that I got back were kind of humbling. They were like, well, you make sure you're not overworking yourself. Make sure you're not working too hard. Don't get burned out and, and, you know, make sure you're paying yourself fairly and all this stuff. Okay. Whatever. Two months in now we have 20 grand in the bank and, um, Again, I'm not paying myself very much at all. I haven't heard this story. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm actually, I'm and, into it here. And, and so now we've got 20 grand in the bank. And, and I'm, again, I'm not paying myself very much. And so I send a message to the accountant again. And, and I'm assuming she's like keeping an eye on this on our QuickBooks. Yeah. Um, but maybe, maybe she wasn't. Maybe I don't know. But but again, I was met with, okay, but you're still not paying yourself very much. And don't don't burn yourself out. And, and it, like all, nobody pays off their business startup costs in three months. So don't get your hopes up. You never know what the future is going to hold and all this stuff. And I made the decision right then and there that this is not the accountant for me. I've got very specific financial goals that I want to meet. And if my accountant's not on board with that, and if they're trying to pull me down away from that, I need a different accountant. Let me play devil's advocate just, just for a second to give m- people maybe a little perspective. Maybe she was used to I don't know if it was a he or she, um, was used to um, dealing with lower-end businesses. Maybe those guys failed a lot, and maybe she had seen things, and maybe she was actually, like we've talked about before, Mm -hmm. was coming from a place of, I'm concerned about you. Coming from a place of empathy, right. Yeah. Right, right, right. And and, and maybe she just, and, you know, accountants are like everybody else. They got different personalities. And there are different levels Mm -hmm. of accountants. There are accountants that have been in business 20 years and they couldn't go to a bank and do their accounting. Right, right. You know what I mean? Because they're in this, this is their level. And that's okay. You know, that's their wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah. You need to find somebody that is at your level and is used to dealing with things at that level. You may grow out of, they may come to you one day and be like, dude, you're getting to the You're out of my wheelhouse. You're getting to the point where I can't do it. Yeah. And, or I've got to pay four people to help me. You need to. Ma- we need to come together and maybe find you somebody else. Yeah. And a good stand-up accountant is going to do that. Yeah. So uh, yeah. And again, there's no ill will on this accountant. I don't. You know. I don't. I don't. You know. Dislike them or anything else. And looking back on it now, they came to me through a referral from my friends, 
and and that were business owners and looking at my friends' businesses. It wasn't that me, they was own. it? No, no, no. Okay. Um, looking at my friends' businesses that they own, they are different styles of business. They're not as fast paced as mine, and they they may not have the margins that mine did. And so that may have been again unknowingly that may have been why this accountant didn't work very well is because they were uh, they were they were unfamiliar with the types of margins that we work with in our business. Um, but nonetheless, um, I had already been introduced to a different accountant, uh, previously. And so I called up that accountant and started talking with him. and, um, he's still my accountant today. Um, he checked out all of our financials kind of, I met with him for like three and a half hours. Just started going over numbers, just started going over everything and everything else. And, and he was like, this is awesome. He's like, you're going to do, you're going to do great. He's like, you're already on pace to pay off everything in three months, and you're going to do it. And I know you're going to do it, and this is really freaking cool. Yeah, and it's so, nice having cheerleaders, man. Yeah, yeah. So I that day, I flipped everything over to him, and lo and behold, one month later, we had $35,000 in our business bank account. Paid those loans off. And so I paid, I was... I shouldn't I was, say loans. It wasn't, I mean... You know what I mean. I borrowed the money for myself personally, yes. right? So it's a I, personal loan. I paid myself back. Yeah. And let the now the business is off and running and freestanding on its own. On its own. It had, the, the only debt the business had was a, a vehicle payment on a truck. And that yeah. was it. So um, that was a very, very relieving feeling. Because now the business is substantiated, it's on its own, and it is its own entity that's not supported by any other finances. So look what happened, though, when I switched accountants. I went from $10,000 a month on my first month, $10,000 on my second month. Once I had a financial cheerleader in my corner and an accountant, we did $15,000 in, in and you're not saying that's directly related, but part of that positive motivation could have been some of the driving force to get you there. Yeah. And that's, you know, people talk all the time about, you know, think about it and it, it'll happen, you know. Well, if you have someone in your corner, that's just extra motivation all the time. You know, they're just, the the power of you know, positive perspective yeah. is a huge thing. Well, what happens if you don't have a good accountant in your corner is you can somewhat get to the point of why am I even doing this? All this yeah. money just goes to cover taxes and all this stuff. Well, when you have the right accountant in your corner and they're, they're kind of telling you like the moment, like, so I, I, I look at it like a teeter totter scale. The moment we bring X amount of revenue a month, everything else from that, like we're profit just starts climbing because we've already covered all of our costs. Yeah. When you have an accountant that talks to you in that language, it helps out tremendously. Yeah. Perspective is a great thing. Yeah. Yeah. So more and, of... And that's why we also... Well, just real quick, that's why you need to vet people. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you said that was a recommendation, but just because you get three recommendations doesn't mean um, you shouldn't vet them yeah. and, and sit down and talk with them and, and try... And look, we all make mistakes, but just try to do as much research as you can so that you are as prepared as you can be yeah. and, when you hire someone like that. And I don't regret my first two months with the other accountant at all. because hey, it taught you. It taught me, and I now value my current accountant twice as much as I would have before because I've known, I've seen it per- firsthand the other way. Yeah. So... um Moral of that story is your accountant has a key impact on the success or failure of your business. And if you have bad feelings about your accountant, you're probably right. And there's nothing wrong with if you do have an accountant and you're not sure going to someone else and saying, hey, would you give me a second opinion on this? Yeah. You cannot, when you're in business for yourself, you cannot be afraid 
of anything. You can't be afraid of, um, and these some of these are just going to be examples, you can't be afraid of firing somebody. Yep. You can't be afraid of looking outside your own comfort zone and saying, hey, maybe I need to do different. Maybe yep. I need to you know, change things up a little bit. And we're going to talk about later, constantly evaluating your situation. Yep. And this, this is one of those, um, situations that you can evaluate before you even get into business. Yeah. Yeah. Not to beat that horse to death, but well, that's, it's, it's, it's very, key. very important. Yep. Last thing we're going to talk about today is behaving like the customers that you want for your very own business. When you think about your future customers, what do you think? How do you want them to treat you? How do you want them to act? I'm betting that you probably want trustworthy customers who value your skill set and your expertise. I'm guessing that you would rather have customers who trust you to proceed with your suggestions without going and getting five to seven other bids and pitting their bids against yours. We've all lost work to the lowest bidder. And if you're good at what you do, it hurts when you lose work to the lowest bidder. The reason it hurts is because you know how well you can solve their problem. And you know that that lowest bidder is probably not going to solve your customer's problem. And so it, it hurts you to lose the work, but it also hurts you because you know your customer is probably going to have a less than perfect experience with that lowest bid. So as you're going through business... Are you setting the example of being the customer that you want for your business? All too often, I see people start a business and they learn very quickly that they need to outsource certain things like accounting and printing and embroidery and uniforms and graphic designs and material suppliers and vehicle repair and all of the things that it takes to run a business. Um, for your business to be successful, you use your time and talents and resources. You use the time and talents and resources of others to help you. Now you are becoming a customer of theirs. So here's your chance to become the customer that you wish to have for your business. Okay. Do your research on who you want to work with. Um, trust your own research and then lay out expectations and desires and, and, and put a, let, let them put together a price. Agree to that price on the spot with no pushback. Do not ask them for a discount. And then once you're done, inspect the work and, and provide timely and direct feedback. That's exactly how what you want your customers to behave for you. So you need to behave that way for your customers. Um, my point is you know exactly what a perfect customer looks like to you. So make sure that your business is a perfect customer for others as often as it can be. Um, do this in your personal life too. When you go out to eat and you have, or, or you have any service performed on your home or your car, practice the same process of trusting your research, laying out expectations, and then letting them work and agreeing to their price. Do not ask for discounts. Once satisfied, provide timely feedback, leave a five-star review. It, it feels good to be a great customer. And the more you practice being a great customer, the better you'll understand how to create the experiences that result in your business having great customers as well. Um, I, I think there's some good points in there. Um, you know, at the beginning, you were talking about, um, you know, if if you lose a customer to a lower bid, mm -hmm. 
if you do that, you know, a lot of times, even if that customer gets something faulty and it's not real great and they're thinking, man, I wish I would have pl- paid Smedley Plumbing, they're probably not going to call you. Yeah, they're, they're, they're embarrassed. They're embarrassed. They're, they're like, they're ashamed isn't probably, the, that's kind of a strong word, but they're just like, man, they regret you know, what they did, they're not going to call you. Right. Half the, now some of them will, some of them will call. I've had guys call me and say, dude, Hey man, I know I had you out. I didn't replace that unit. I replaced the compressor instead. This guy came out, put it in and we're down again. Right. You know, and then you, you know, just as an example, I went out there on one and so he had changed the compressor instead of the unit. And, and I gave him a price to change the compressor too, but it was, it was high, Mm -hmm. you know, and he was, He didn't want to pay that, so he got somebody else to do it. I go out there. Well, he had changed the compressor out, and he had done a nice job. He didn't change the capacitor to the correct size that that compressor needed. Capacitor was out. Great work, wrong repair. Is that is that um, a huge deal? No. You know, back then, you know, it was flat price. It was only two hundred bucks. I charged the guy two hundred bucks. He was happy to pay it. Right. But you know, that doesn't happen all the time. Right. And and then, but from then on, I had had. Uh, had his service. Yeah, customer you know. for life. Yes. Yeah. I just, you know, it's just, it's it's one of those things. It, sometimes those things are tough to deal with from a, a mental standpoint on your own. Oh, man. You, you, and when you're first starting out, you feel real down. Yep. Don't feel down. Right. Just make an adjustment. Yep. An evaluation and do what you got to do, you know, to move on from there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, tell you guys a quick story about a place that I used to work. This was a, a medium to large size plumbing, heating, cooling company. And they had a very nice facility and they were always, I was a manager at this place and they, the, the ownership and the, the GMs, they were always pushing for us to be the most professional customers out there. We are the best, highest, you know, highest service, best service, most professional. And um, our customers need to be okay paying our price because they will not get better service than anywhere. You know, from it'll get better service from us than anywhere else. Were they were they providing that service? Were they doing the? Uh, they were preaching, for, it, and then for the most part, those guys were doing that. For, for the most part, they were delivering. Okay, on it. every once in a while. Okay, so they were bought in. The, the yeah, employees. The, the were employees bought were bought in. Okay, right? that um, was my point there. They, the one of the things though is is the employees their buy-in was not very durable it wouldn't it wasn't it didn't last it wasn't everlasting right and and here's why and that's why they had to constantly be beating it into them they're constantly beating it into them and there's there's a little bit of turnover going on there and um and so that means they're having to like beat it into the new people you gotta like start over that's tough man high turnover companies are tough to work at one of the things that i was able to recognize so this place had an elevator Okay, it was a two-story building and had an elevator in it. I haven't hit, heard this story either. Yeah, <laughs> lot, learning a lot about Mitch today. So this place has an elevator in it, and um, this elevator had a problem. Um, it's only going up one floor, and I don't know why, but it took like thirty seconds for this thing to go from first floor to second floor. Okay, so it's like world's slowest elevator. Halfway up, this elevator had like this hiccup in it to where it would like drop six or eight inches and then just keep going like nothing ever happened. <laughs> like whoop up. Well, I think the downtown courthouse one does that too. Maybe this it's thing, a janky old turd. <laughs> this thing was scary. Like it would literally scare the crap out of you if you were holding a coffee cup. You'd probably spill it. Like, were there customers ever in those? No, no, it was just employees. Just employees. Okay. Yep. But as your employees, it's kind of scary to be like, oh, let me oh, go yeah. take the elevator to the second floor, and boom, and this thing like slams Taking the around stairs on you, right? a little more than you thought. So 
for one, they were really slow to fix this elevator. Well, it's fine. It hadn't hurt anybody and you know all this stuff. Hadn't okay, hurt anybody. That's Come not the on. message you That's... want to be sending to your people, no. right? We're professional, but we're okay with a subpar elevator, right? Well, then they're finally like, and they're, they're trying to celebrate this. They bring out an elevator repair company, okay? And so we're all kind of like, oh, great. They're finally fixing that freaking elevator. This elevator repair company, they may have well have been called like Skeeter's Elevator Repair. Guy shows up in a truck that's got rusted out fender wells. Sketchy.com. Paperwork <laughs> piled up on the dash, like everything you don't want to see. Yeah. And, and this guy's wearing like jeans and a no-name t-shirt, and he starts working on this elevator. And He's got four tools in his back pocket. Who knows? Like, <laughs> Well, anyway, he gets all done and he leaves. Guess what? Elevator's still bouncing and slamming around, right? Three or four visits later, they keep going back to Skeeter, and Skeeter keeps giving them subpar work. And so what's the message that they're sending to their entire organization? We want profession like we want you guys to be the professionals and we want our but customers to be okay. Who we hire. Right. We yeah. don't care who we hire. We yeah. we want professional on this That's hand, sketchy. but we want cheap and unreliable on this hand. Yeah. You can't go that route, no. right? And then so, your employees are obviously thinking Dude, why would I want to be up here when you guys aren't even... Right. Lead by example so, is a huge thing. Full story. Um, I ended up leaving that organization. I left on great terms, by the way. Great company. Uh, I'm not going to name who they are because it doesn't matter. Great company. Okay. Every company is going to mm-hmm. make mistakes. This was just one of theirs. Um, I ended up leaving that organization. Uh, but like in the, the few weeks right there before I left... They finally got the message. Oh, they get somebody good out they there? They got like the, the like company it. that works on elevators in the high rises downtown. Uh, legitimate company, right? Now, here's the cool thing. They show up in newer vehicles that are clearly marked, very clean, and they put these like, this is how you know they're a great company. They come up and they, they've got these like guards that they set up around all of the elevator don't doors use to let everybody know we're, we're working, working on, on this. Yeah. And, and the whole time Skeeter was out there. It's just like your, people are out there pushing They're the pushing button. buttons and it ain't working, right? Like, oh man, stairs. And, and so <laughs> like these guys were legit. And I, uh, to full disclosure, Did I have, you know I what, have what no clue. Did you know what they cost them? You... I have no clue. Okay. And, and I have no clue if they ever in, in fixed the elevator or not. Um, oh, because you I know it, left about the same I time. I left about the same time. However, they finally got the message that we can't expect our employees to deliver professional quality work unless we show our employees that, that we want professional quality work within our own business. That's a good story. Yeah. Um, let's Irony. Talk, <laughs> let's talk about coffee, for examples, um, as we're talking about different levels of what your customer might want. Um, there's about a million different ways to get a cup, cup of coffee in this world. You could go to the grocery store and buy some Folgers and brew your own. Okay. Ironically. That's what's in my cup is some Folgers. I love Folgers. Um, you could run down to Mickey D's and get a cup of coffee for a dollar. Roastery. I like the roastery too. Yeah, I like grinding up my own beans. Um, you could do, oh yeah, yeah, that's the middle ground, right? Yeah, that's good. Um, you could do Dunkin' Donuts and, and grab what they claim is high-end coffee for about Ugh. three bucks, right? I hate Dunkin'. Or you could go to Starbucks and get the premium coffee that's brewed to perfection and it's handed to you with your name written on it. You're going to get me riled up about the stupid you, Starbucks people. Your name's probably written wrong, but uh, they're going to charge you like seven bucks for that coffee, Ugh. right? So uh, which customer are you after for your business? Do you want the Folgers customer, the customer's going to do it for I themselves? feel it coming. Do you want the Mickey D's customer or do you want the Starbucks customer? Okay. Um, which do you think has a higher in a higher engagement level from their customers? Well, it's definitely Starbucks. Right. Which do you think is more likely to talk about their experience with other people? 
Probably Starbucks. Probably Starbucks. Although I know a lot of old guys that go to McDonald's and sit in their little groups and drink their coffee. Right, right. Nothing right. wrong with that. And then they tell me about it. They're like, oh, we were at McDonald's today yeah, getting yeah. that coffee. for. Fi-. I think if you're over 55, it's like it's, it's a either little different. free or a quarter or something. Yeah. Um, so which, uh, which of those customers do you think had a better experience? Oh, definitely Starbucks. Definitely probably. Starbucks. Now, right? listen. Well, they're they're saying your name wrong. It's like when you go to a really nice restaurant and the food's a little more expensive, but the atmosphere in the restaurant is nice. There's candles on the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's real classy. Right. You know what I mean? That that's really what he means by. Or going you could to go Starbucks. to the local grocery store and get a pound of meat and grill it up yourself, yeah, right? But then, yeah. But then you're eating it at your kitchen table. And you're, you're not getting. And you're out of candles. Yeah, and you're not and that getting kids experience. screaming in the background. You're getting service. Right. Yeah. So um, and we when we're talking about service based companies. Right. Right. So, right. So um, now, do you think Starbucks coffee costs them seven times more to make than McDonald's no, coffee? Of course not. No, it doesn't. Right. So what you're paying for is experience. Starbucks is literally charging you money out of thin air simply to deliver you an experience. And you need to be doing the same thing for your company. And the, co- and the coffee may be just a little bit better, right? but that's not where the money's going. Right, 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 right. right. The, the, the money's going to the experience. Um, so, and, and part of that, that's why Starbucks spells your name wrong on the coffee. You think so? I know so, because what are you going to do, right? They're gonna, you're going to tell them your name's Marcus, right? right. And they are going to write down M-A-R-K space right. us, Mark us. Right? How does Marcus Marcus is M A R C U S, right? Right. Marcus? Okay. Right. But they're gonna they're so. gonna put it in two words. Mark us. And then <laughs> and you're gonna take a picture of it and you're gonna share it on social media. And ironically, they write it just so the Starbucks logo's in the corner, and you're gonna be like, Look at these clowns at Starbucks. I told them my name's Marcus and they wrote down Marcus. Yeah, and in the shitty world we live in now, there's no such thing as bad publicity. Right. Right. You know? So I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Right, but... Yeah. How many people look at that? It creates an experience. Say 25,000... Right. Just 25,000 people saw that. Right. You know? It, and it's and it's not it's not a bad experience, right? No. It's, it's kind of funny. No. It's, it's not, quirky. Right. So right. Well, that's why they do it. Yeah. So, um, again, that's why they're ahead of the game. I feel like you're going to need a letter from Starbucks any day now. <laughs> well, I'm not bad-mouthing them. That's true. So, and, and here's the crazy thing about all three of those customers. Hey, maybe they'll sponsor us and get... <laughs> <laughs> be drinking Starbucks coffee. <laughs> Here, here's the crazy thing about all those is is the homebrew guy. Like they wouldn't turn back. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. I'm full. I'm full ahead. Uh, the the homebrew guy, he's perfectly happy making his home coffee. Yep. The McDonald's guy is perfectly happy drinking McDonald's coffee. The Dunkin' Donuts guy is perfectly happy at Dunkin' Donuts, and the Starbucks. I mean, God, Starbucks has a line around yeah, the corner all the you, time. Where are you going with this? What I'm going with this is your customer is perfectly happy at whatever service you're providing. So don't feel like the only way you're going to be in the wrong here is if you're delivering McDonald's quality and charging Starbucks prices. So you're saying there's a customer for every price point. Yes. Is where you're going with this. Okay. Exactly. Okay. I got you. So. Okay. You can charge. I wish we would have talked about that earlier. I don't like wrote that down. The whole time I'm thinking he's just babbling about coffee. No. No one is going to care what he's saying. You (laughs) you can literally charge whatever you want as long as you're delivering the service to back it up. I got you. Okay. Okay. Um, I like it. I think that's a good point. I got one more story for you guys before we wrap up today. Um, I. Yeah. Um. I live in a house that's got two garage doors on it. And luckily, when we built our house about 10 or 11 years ago, my third garage, my, my single door, um, I built that garage big enough to park my plumbing service trucks in. Not your personal 
um, business truck, but no, where yeah, this, you were working at yeah, the this, time I, that you, so their start, van they gave you. Yeah, I started okay. our business two years ago. So this was this was you know I was working for other people in the and you the got the to plumbing take a truck vans. home. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. And so um, I wanted to get into a warm plumbing truck every day um, in the winter and in a colder plumbing truck in the summer and everything else. We, we, we're in Kansas City, so winters get cold, summers get notice. hot. Yeah. yeah, Chiefs are playing today, by the way. Yeah. So, um, um, you know, it gets it gets cold in the winter uh what's it been this week like 10 in the morning eight? there was there were two tens and a zero one morning yeah so like wind chill of like negative 15 and all that stuff so I mean, we're not I mean, living in wisconsin so it's usually short bursts yeah but that makes it worse i feel like well, some yeah it's like it's, it's supposed to be 55 next week and right it's the end of january right <laughs> and, and let's just be honest if you have the means to do so why wouldn't you park your van inside yeah. right so I built our garage to park inside. Well, now that I have my own company, I'm still parking my van inside. And that door is like 10 or 11 years old, that garage door. And it started sounding kind of funny and everything else. And the first thing that pops into my head is if that door breaks, I can't get my van out and I can't make money. So that door is now all of a sudden. And you have to reschedule calls. Right. It's a huge hassle. Yeah. So now that door is like really important that it needs to operate smoothly. And so I got a, I got, I got a, a friend of mine that has a garage door company. I've never had the opportunity to use a service, but everybody loves him. He's got great reviews. He's got a perfect 5.0 rating on well, Google. Well, who is it? Drop it. It's, it's State Line Door and Lift, and they're in Grain Valley, Missouri. Okay. Now, um, now listen, they didn't do now, it for free. No, gosh, no, gosh, okay. no, no, no. Okay. So, and that's part of the story. We're not taking perks here. Not to say that this, we wouldn't if you want to send us something. This is me behaving like a customer I want for my business, yeah. right? So I call them up and I schedule an appointment and I say, there's nothing really wrong. It just sounds, it sounds bad. And, and I'm worried that it's going to leave me stranded one day. So they send a guy out. Uh, first of all, they send me a text confirming of the appointment I just made with them. Oh, good CRM software. Good CRM. Um, or, or they didn't, maybe they didn't have software, but they took the time to actually text you that i have seen guys yeah, do that you so, can do that but yeah. you could for 200 dollars a month you could let your crm do it yeah, too exactly so um and this i've talked and to them it, it is it is crm good. oh okay it is just that's just good customer service yeah. too so then uh, on the day of our appointment i get another text saying my text my technician's getting ready to head that way and it gives me the technician's name okay. oh that's nice so that's kind of cool i know i know who's coming so he shows up checks everything out looks at both doors and he says, you know, this this one door. Did you where, ask him to look at the other door? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look yeah. At it? I, I looked said, at everything. Look at both of them. Okay. And, and my big door that my plumbing van hides behind it, uh, um, it was like noticeably louder, like yeah. than the others. And it's a big door. It's ten feet wide and eleven feet tall. So um, he's like, this one we definitely need to do some work on. It's not sounding good. So he replaces all the rollers in it. He makes some adjustments to it. It was kind of sticking a little bit and kind of binding up. And it was like I can't even remember. It was like. It was like $189 or $249 or something like that. But That's not too bad. It's not too bad. That's reasonable. The moment he got done and he hits that opener, oh like, my gosh, it was whisper like whisper quiet. quiet. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's freaking amazing. And Do you think that was worth more than what he, char- or what he charged you? I don't, I mean, it's up to them to determine their prices. I, it was like 400 would you pay that? If so, Knowing what you knew after. So, you know after. yeah, so here's the thing. They're the experts in the door industry. I can only imagine. So I was watching him work just because I I'm not the guy that like overlords on people when they're you just working in the house. I I totally admire various craftsmen, right? Yeah. So if I've got somebody working in my house and they're doing a craft, I watch because I like my dream job would be Mike Rowe with Dirty Jobs. He gets to he gets to play with all the other people's crafts. Dude, you're fucked up. Oh I man, I don't want to be digging around and shit. Although you do that, that's anyway. what I do so, every day, right? You know, I don't. So. <laughs> 
I guess but I just, you know, insert I, foot here. I, I mean, love watching this guy work. And it's not because I'm like wondering how he's doing it so I can do it myself next time or anything else. I just like watching other craftsmen yeah. do their craft, right? See, see the... The it's, tips and tricks. Yeah, live. it's just kind of yeah. neat. And so he started replacing these rollers, and I'm like, well, that's actually kind of easy. Well, then he gets down to the bottom rollers that the chain, the, the cable hooks to yeah. where all the tension is, and he has to replace those completely different. And he says, well, yeah, if you do these wrong, like your door will explode. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, because the, the like, tension's got to be right. I'm going through in my head, like, holy cow. I, I would have done that, and my door, door. would have blown up. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, right? I'd have pulled the center panel out. And so a couple of weeks goes by, and mm-hmm. um, now it's like eating at me. My one door is so much quieter than my other door. <laughs> and so I call the company back up and, and they, they answer the phone. Hey, Mr. Smedley. And this is the owner of the company. Um, he says, hey, Mr. Smedley. And so I'm kind of surprised. Again, good CRM software. He knows who's calling. Good customer and, service. And so I said, hey, hey, man, I, I had you guys out a couple of weeks ago to fix my one door. And he goes, uh-oh. And I'm like, no, no, no. Everything's good. Everything's great. It's, it's better than great. And it's, yeah. it, it's because everything's great that I want you back. I'm like... Your guy said that my other door was probably okay, but he fixed my my big door so well and it's so quiet. I need him back to do the other door. Yeah. So he comes back again, does the work. He he gives me a price up front. And I'm like, yeah, you know, again, agree to them at their price. They are the experts on price. So especially if you've already had one under your belt, right? You know, right. You trust them a hundred percent. Yeah. And so now. They come back out, they do the same thing to the other door, get it all taken care of. Now both doors are whisper quiet and it's awesome. And I've got full confidence. But the, that opportunity gave me a chance to be the the customer that I expect for my business, right? Yeah. And you're damn right that I gave them a five-star review because they earned it. And and you told me about it. Right. And you told your buddy about it. Right. You know, and next time someone says, man, this garage door, something's going on. They may not even be asking you and you're going to say, hey, I had these guys out. They did a great job. If you ever need somebody and you don't even realize that you're telling that you're advertising for them. Right. You're just you're happy with what they did for you. And that's free advertisement for them later. People want deserving people to succeed. Yeah. If your business deserves to succeed, people will help make sure that happens. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, ironically, today, Chris Jones plays for the Chiefs, defensive tackle. He is one sack away from a $1.25 million bonus. If he gets one sack today. You think he's not blitzing? Spags is going to be like, dude, I'm sending you on every opportunity. So, what's funny is people will cheer for Chris Jones because they want him to get his $1.25 million bonus. Here's the Even thing. if they're jealous about it. They're right. still they like, they I, might be mildly he's jealous. My, he's my guy. I want him to get it. They're not paying the bonus. No. So, of course, they'll cheer him on, right? Small businesses, you asking for a discount is taking away the bonus from the small business. Yeah. You're, you paying full price without asking for a discount, that gives the small business the bonus that they're looking for. That makes them deserve to get their bonus. So that's part of behaving like the customer that you want for your business. So ironically, um, I'm wearing a shirt from State Line Door and Lift. Um, <laughs> of course you are. No, no, notice it doesn't even and say their shelf on listen, it. Listen, they're not advertising. No, no. They're not. He doesn't even know I'm talking about him. For all I know, he might get mad that I talked about him. Nah. But um, well, You this, know what? He might be. This is their motto. Punch today in the face. <laughs> like, they literally, they literally go out every day to just dominate the day. Punch today in the face, okay? And that means deliver the best service at the best quality, at the best price they can, and and just win the day. And have great customer service. Right. And that's what they do. Yeah. So it's it's pretty cool. 
Um, guys, that, that pretty much wraps Good up. Good stories today, man. Yeah, that pretty much wraps up today's show. Um, remember, uh, if you like what you're hearing, please do us a favor and help share the void with anyone else you think that might be wanting to start their own business. Uh, we saw an opportunity to help others understand that self-employment isn't out of your reach. And just as our businesses have grown by word of mouth referrals, we would love for this show to do the same thing. So if you see somebody out there on social media asking questions about how to start their own company, drop a link to the show, please. It, it's going to help them out. It'll help you out. Uh, you're helping us out by helping share the show. Um, uh, we're for sure on YouTube and we're working right now on getting onto Spotify and iTunes and, and some other platforms. So it won't be long. It won't be long. Please, uh, please do us a favor and help share the void. And, uh, we'd really appreciate you helping us out until next time. Have a great week. Thanks guys. Love you.